Kitisa is the golden calf episode. I want to look very closely with that. And we're in the middle of our Parsha. This is not the third section of the triennial, but the middle section. Uh, I wanted to really look closely um, at the golden calf, actually the molten bull. And what precedes it, I just, we don't have to read through it, but I just think it's very important. What precedes Kitisa is really an accounting of each and every person, like a census, to really make sure we know who is there. That's number one. Two, a description of the Mishkan. Again, the Betzalel and Oholiav. These are two gentlemen who were responsible for constructing the Mishkan. So you have a census, a real accounting of each and every person. Number two, a very careful consideration of Betzalel and Oholiab. Uh, we've talked about this many times in the construction of the Mishkan, but it was with skill, with skill and understanding. Skill and understanding. So, an accounting of each and every person. Two, a leadership that had skill and understanding and execution of this divine project. And three, Shabbat, Shabbat. Ach, you must keep my Shabbat. It's a sign between me and you throughout all the ages. So that what is the most important sign ought of God? Shabbat. Qualitative nothing. Qualitative nothing. And I want you to keep in mind these three very important principles of Judaism or Israelite tradition. Leadership that is skilled a census knowing each and every person, and three rest in the sense of the divine, in the space of the divine. That is the context that we have before Moses and God descend from the mountain. I'm actually going to begin one verse before chapter 32. I, I read the Hebrew upon finishing speaking with Moshe that God and Moses were speaking intimately with one another. Kala, anybody? Boi kala, boi kala. What is a kala? A bride. The Midrash is very clear about this. They were having a kismet moment. You can go back to the Adam and Eve. They were really. The two of them were fused. That they finished. And this was the moment that they finished. If anybody knows family systems theory, when the parents sometimes are in the bedroom, that's when, I'm not saying that God and Moses had sex, although we could talk about that at the end of this Parsha. They were certainly intimate, and they were really fused at this moment. That's when the children acted out. I don't think that's such a stretch, and we're going to read that in the text. I think in the back of your mind, and what we'll be discussing is, and this is one of those ironic discussions, whose fault? Whose fault is the golden calf? Is it the children of Israel? Is it Aaron? Is it Moses? Is it God? And I think I'll just give you the straight answer. Yes. 
Okay, welcome, and lovely to see you all. Uh, just to reiterate, Amy as well, after coming back from Israel, she needed a minor surgery. It was effective. She was laughing yesterday. She'll be here for the 530 service, thank God, and we just wish her great health and strength. Chapter 32. Moses saw that Moses was so long coming down from the mountain. Boshesh means not just so long, but that was delayed, but that was also uh, attracted. Lehit Boshesh means that you are somehow attracted. This is, I was telling the preschoolers, and they really got this, when you have a babysitter and you say, I'll be back at 8 o'clock, and then the children are supposed to go to bed, if you stay out till 8.15, that babysitter is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> that moment is when... You di- it's just that's the way it is and so that if you come home and the kids are still awake and it's 8.15 you can blame the babysitter what did you do? why are they still up? they're not in their pajamas you were supposed to be home at 8 and so here I just want to uh, just really instill that when we are in a spiritual space of cosmic relevance and time can last forever, you can imagine Moses and God in that moment, they literally were writing these laws for the Jewish people and they were in this cosmic uh, space, timeless, Shabbat, this timeless space of full. But there was a reality on the ground that they were doing this for those children. It's kind of like when a couple goes and tries to really talk about their children. They spend their whole night talking about the children. Meanwhile, the children are down there, the children of Israel. That's boshesh laredit minahar, to come down from the mountain. V'yikahel ha'am al-aharon, the people gathered against Aaron. We're still on this page 501. Kahal kihilat Yisrael, it means that kahal, when they gather, it's not only for good, they can gather al-aharon. It says against, what is al-on? They were really on top of him. V'yamru elav, and they said, kum, now we turn the page, kum, get up, get up, make us a god. That can go before us. In the last week's Parsha, what is the sign that goes before Israel, that goes into the tent, that dwelt the cloud and the pillar of fire? They had these very signs. And let's, let's just be very clear. It says, make us a God, small g. Let's look back at the Hebrew. It says, Oselanu Elohim. Now that's very intentionally confusing. That could mean many gods. Just make us some things that we can have object permanence for. It could mean Elohim. You know in Mishpatim, Elohim also means judges. So make for somebody, something, somebody. Because I know the traditional read is that the Israelites did the very thing that God asked them not to do, make for them an object of worship. I mean, that's obviously the shot of the text. I don't see it that way. 
I think they were really suffering with object permanence for good reason. They were told this thing that was so radical, and they simply needed an ob transitional object. If anybody knows uh, child psychology, they're looking for a transitional object. Isn't Elohim in Breshit at the beginning of the Torah who creates the universe? Breshit bara Elohim. But when Elohim creates man, it's mm -hmm. in the plural. Mm -hmm. It is back to this question of, is God singular? Is God diverse? God certainly isn't a molten bull. But <laughs> Whatever I will, God is. And notice I didn't say golden calf, which makes me go, hee 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 hee. Molten bull. I mean, it just sounds so much more, you know. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Asher, a, a, a Elohim, I don't even want to translate it. A judge, a leader, God, gods that will go before us. Notice, they're not asking Aaron, who is the high priest? He left, why don't you make... Now, I also have a Midrashic read that says, Elohim. We got this. Make us the gods that will go before us. But that turns into a carnival, which is a fleshable. Kizet Moshe Haish. Okay? That fellow Moses, the leader, that's not what it says. Kizet, because that Moshe Haish, the guy. Now, what do you think's ironic? What do you think that text is trying to tell you that the people are saying? Because that, Moses, that guy, which means what do they not think he is anymore? Their leader. He's Their separate. leader, He's or separate. even go bigger, go theological. The prophet. prophet, God. We were only three weeks out of Egypt, guys. He is facing face to face with Pharaoh the God. Is it that much of a stretch to be like, ah, oh, that's it? And he was fused with the divine. And he is begging to see that face. And he is having that radiance. It's not horns, right? It's radiant. Uh, okay, good. That guy, Asher Helinu Eretz Mitzrayim, that took us out of Eretz Mitzrayim, notice who's, who's been forgotten here, God. Lo yat anu mehaya lo. We don't know what happened to him. Which is why, if you're a parent and you stay late, you better call your kids at 8 o'clock because they're as worried as you are when your kids are 15 and it's past 8 o'clock. But I think that it's an existential. We don't know. What was to him? What happened to him? What could have happened to him up on that mountain? Remember what they saw up on that mountain. Smoking fire, lightning, thunder. Could he have been destroyed, consumed? Micah? Yes, please. Could you explain, you referred just now, not horns, but radiance. Is there a word there? Yes, Karen. Karen. So anybody named Karen here? <laughs> K-A-R-E-N is from Hebrew, Karnaim. Uh, you know, a cornucopia, yeah. same. Karen, Corin. Like so, a chauffeur. A chauffeur is a Karen. Okay. So it's a horn and it's also a ray. Karnaim are horns and rays. 
protuberances. And Michelangelo got the Latin Vulgate version. Oops. And yeah, in the stubbies, you know? And yeah. God, that's anti-Semitism in the South for how many years? Oh, yeah, it's still there, too. I know it. I know it. That's why I wear a big keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no humor. Okay. I've heard that for so many years and didn't understand where it came. The right we don't know what happened to him. Now here, Aaron, verse 2. Verse 2. Aaron. Anybody, do you, anybody name their kid Aaron? What a lover. What a what a sweetheart. Okay, so like so tell me something more about that. Why? What what about it? Because he Oh, he's still a teenager. He's just like uh, oh really your kid, but like I'm just saying. But his heart. He has a heart. And he's a kind man and he gets what they're feeling. And and do you think Moses gave him a text message? Dude, it's really good up here. Can you handle it for another day? Or two? No. He's nervous too. Yeah. I, I mean, I have big love for him. And he also is holding a lot of weight and pressure. And so, but he immediately jumps into action. So then on the flip side, let's read now verse two. He said to them, take out the gold that's in the ears of your wives, your sons, and daughters, and bring them to me. And so the people took off the gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. This he took from them. Just read the pshat, Bert. The pshat, the straight read is, this he took from them. And so he made a mold, and he poured it in, and that's what became the molten bowl. Now, I want to say a couple things about this. One, the Midrash says, why did Aaron, they're trying to justify why Aaron was still okay. Why did Aaron say, go to your wives, and this is a little misogynistic, so disclaimer that this is a historical text. Why would you say, go to your wives and say, give me your gold? What would the wives say? <laughs> right. Are you kidding me, Bulgari? No way. Isn't this the gold they, quote, borrowed from the Egyptians? It's mine now. (laughs) Yeah, Van Cleff and Arpels, maybe, but come on. The slaves don't generally have gold. Well, they they generously gave them to them. By the way, my theory is that was the tenth plague. That the tenth plague was actually not the death of the firstborn. The tenth plague was that they generously gave them all their stuff and thought Moses was great as he was despoiling them. Now that's a plague. Yeah. Like uh, every year we go through this. Oh, good. I always find the, the same question. What, what is the relationship of Aaron? I mean, here's the guy that's the high priest, allowed inside the Mishkan, only the high priest in, in, with Moses. And all of a sudden, Moses is gone. The people say, make us an idol. And he says, sure. I mean, isn't there, what, what do the commentators say about that? Just like he had no conviction? Well, this is what I'm saying. The commentators on the one hand are saying, this was an end around. He was trying to play them and say, I'm not going to give them the gold. And in fact, many women supposedly did not give the gold. And that Rosh Chodesh is a holiday to them as a result of their piety. And so it would be like me saying, oh, you want a new service? Give me $5 million. I'm happy to build a new service and a new religion for you. Oh, oh, well, I don't really want a new service. So, but that's the rabbis reading into Aaron. Why? 
He's a pleaser. The other thing that he could say, quite frankly, is, hey, I just built a mishkan filled with gold and objects. It's it's not that much of a stretch to say, okay, you built a box, I built a bowl. <laughs> uh, they're not worshipping this, it's just they needed an object. Yeah, so it's a pacifier. Don't take away the pacifier. Give them the pacifier, it's just a pacifier. No, the, uh, Dr. Spock says. No, they need to come and learn from their own, and Lacan would say this is the biggest moment of separation. Is it, is it because there's not yet the admonition, don't worship any other... Oh, we've already gotten that. They so know. We, if we've got that, what's with Eric? I mean, does he just say it doesn't matter? <laughs> no, he's real. Uh, I mean, listen, you want to talk about it in a high school context? You got 10 kids all smoking pot in a car, <laughs> all right? And you're the good kid. <laughs> yeah, what am I supposed to do? I just take the keys and I say, maybe I'm going to drive and let's go to In N Out. Do, do I want to go to In N Out? Do I want them doing these things? I, he's really in a tough place. I mean, they are all conspiring against him. And. Aaron's just the nice guy. He's the voice. He's not the wise man, and he doesn't have the intuit with God. So he's not the leader. You know what? He is put in this vacuum of power, and he is forced into this situation. He believes, I mean, if I'm going to get in the mind of Aaron, he's going to be killed. You try to tell kids, no, don't. All right, dude, you're out. You just kick him out of the car, you know, take an Uber. Ten kids. I mean, this oh, is a, culture. A large, this yeah. Is a crowd, and you know, you don't want to. I just feel like he yeah, had a little slip. Okay, everybody wants, uh, you know, something. Okay, okay, I'll do it because this is an angry crowd. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a mob. Like, I don't think. Oh. What six hundred? Allegedly six hundred thousand people. Right. Yes. A I, large I, I mob. <laughs> okay, and also Nadav and Abihu. Now, if there's no before and after in this Torah, <laughs> he lost his two kids to God. Yes. But that's not fair. Yeah, okay, not go. Fair it hasn't happened yet. Some I have to say, it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're trying to understand motivations. Is he a little annoyed that Moses is taking so long, too? Absolutely. Uh, can I? Well, what is clear is he's not a real leader. He's and not he's a high he priest. To. He may be a compromiser. He may be a guy that tries to mitigate. But he, he's not saying, hey, look, this is not right. Let's find another answer. Let's figure something else out. He, he follows the, the orders. He follows yeah. orders. Is he That's a leader? Is he a leader? He's an effective communicator. We know that. He got him to do right. it. He may be a mediator, but not a leader. And he wasn't dead. He's yeah, Mitch. he's a mediator, not a leader. He's Mitch McConnell. <laughs> you know, in a sense, he is, yes. he is a whip. He is, he is a person who can bring them together, but he's not the one setting out the vision. Although, where did this pop into his mind? Unless you, and I, now the more and more the Midrash makes sense to me. Like, okay, so Bert says, let's turn this synagogue into a church. And I say, excellent, Bert, I really love your energy. Why don't you get every minister to agree that this should be a church and that the rabbi should go to baptism? Mm -hmm. When you get all those people together, we got it. Was it a delay tactic that didn't work? But now I'm I'm already so neurotic myself. Like, I'm like (laughs) spinning these tails. It's not even close. What is, why is God keeping... Moses on the mountain for so long a period to invite all this problem. This is God we're talking about. Good. So there's the other agent. Why? So, is it a test? 
Okay, is it a what test? Will, will the kids? So I did this with the preschool. I left the room for three seconds and then came back. I told them one, two, three, and they were all like this. Right. And then I did it again. Three seconds, I left, and then I waited five, six, seven, and waited. Oh my God, I came back. Only one kid with those eyes. Oh my God, he's going to be an accountant for sure. <laughs> So it's a test. It could be a test. Or? And maybe that's why they had to be 40 years. Well, that's for sure that from this moment, God, we will talk about and and a real vicious kind of retaliation at that point. I will also say why God and Moses love. They were in it. They were in it. They were in it. They were in it. Tantric Torah. I mean, come on. It want to last forever. And? You know what? It's not about the kids. That's why I think God's response is so intense. You know, these kids will have a new family. And, you know, and I just in marital counseling, I've heard that. All right. Control, all delete. Let's just do this ourselves. Meanwhile, there's a family down there. There's a whole world. You can't just. And, and God, God is God. God created ex nihilo. Now. I take God as a character, so just know that I do have tremendous reverence for the divine in the absolute, the, the kind of Elohim, but I also see God as a jealous God, an impassioned God, because I'm trying to read the shot of the text, the straight read, which is God is very possessive, vengeful, and Moses and God are really having an incredible moment. Can I have one more thing? Oh, I think I, um, Aaron, I think it's in the Talmud, is known as someone who loves shalom and follows shalom. Which it's in your peace. morning service He's every morning. He's shalom, shalom. He, his thing about what is so great about Aaron is peace. So maybe this is part of, this is how he's making peace with the people. Not a good way to make peace with the people. He took, yeah, he took it from them, that. put it in a mold, and made it in a golden calf. I, it couldn't be more explicit that he's doing exact. Yeah, please. Introduce another thing. Yes. The golden bull is a brilliant work of art. Yes. And maybe this is, in fact, a story of art's relationship to religion. So let's, let's, let's go back then two weeks. Yes, let's go back two weeks ago. Do you remember when I talked about the Kruvim? Yes. And the, the vision of Gudnah, that these were an intimate moment of these angels, that their wings are up. But what's so important about that structure of, of molten, of the molten gold? What was the essential component of it? The wings. The wings, but what did they structure? What was that wings around so that God could dwell? Do you Nothing. remember? Space. 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 To give them, and I think about, you know, uh, Matisse's dancers, those blue dancers. It's the space that's the key. So art, masecha, molten mold, which is a solid object that then is going there before us. Because Aaron could say, guess what, guys? God doesn't go before you. God dwells within you. God dwells among you. You're missing the whole point. But he didn't have the leadership. He didn't have that language. So I would say it's directly opposite to the Ark of the Covenant with these Kruvim art historically, and a Masecha, by the way. Anybody in the Hebrew? Masechot, Rashanim, mask. 
So in Masecha, and this is, I, I take this spiritually to mean that our masks, things that are molten, things that do not create space for us to be authentic self, all of this is art historically idolatry. And while I'll say it wasn't, you know, the second commandment is do not create anything of the sky above like this. Do not bow down to them or <coughs> worship them. And so here he, it's a direct violation. So how long does it take to make a mold? Well, not long if you have the object. Endeavor. If you're molding an object that exists, you carve it out just something soft and then, then make the mold. No, I, but not in an hour. He, he would have had to make the bull and then make the mold from the bull. But in contradistinction to the Mishkan, he's the one doing all this by himself. If this were like the Mishkan, he would try to incorporate everybody, mm-hmm. and they would get to do this part, and you would get to do this part. No, I get to make the ring, the pomegranate. Oh, now we're now we're one, two, three. I saw hand three and four. Go one. Yes. I got a question: Is my memory failing me, or is there not something special about the bull shape from Egypt, uh, mm-hmm. from Egyptian? So Baal, Mesopotamia, Canaanite. Also, the bull, the shore is the aleph. So the Aleph. That, that's, that's a, so with respect to Egypt, that's a dangerous shape for her to be uh, So yes, but. So the bull was not a direct that took you out of Egypt. It wasn't the bull. Because remember, we no, slaughtered. It's a God symbol. Yeah, but the God, a God symbol, but not the primary one. The Paschal so Lamb. That's why the Passover sacrifice was so serious. It would be like going to India and being like, okay, McDonald's, which we know right now that's happened. So, but yes, a reference. Now, he could say, no, I was just giving them something to, to occupy their time, but it is. I mean, this is the party that they're throwing, and it's not thoughtful, to your point. Hey, doesn't that take time? Doesn't that construction? That's why I think it starts with the Mishkan talking about must be with skill and wisdom and knowledge. Because you can have great skill on how to make something fast, but if you really have wisdom in that heart, you're gonna this is not gonna happen in this way. So I have one and then two. Oh, two, three, four. Yes. A very real parallel to this story is something I've seen in Mexico. In very poor villages, there'll be a beautiful church. And when I ask, how can you justify the church being like this when people have nothing? And the explanation by one of those people who had nothing was, if we pool the little tiny bits that we have, we can make one beautiful thing that will serve everybody in the community. That had never occurred to me before. That, I see the bull in that context, too. So the sacrifice, the olah, in, in the Leviticus, you know, the Olah is an entirely consumed bull. I used to hate this because I thought this was back to the kids. What, God needs this? I'm vegetarian. Why do they need this? But I heard the same description, and I love this, which is if no one eats the best of what we have and it's all up just this huge smoke cloud that everyone gets to participate, if no one gets it, everyone gets it. And so there you've done all that effort to have this one representation and, and, and holiness. And I think, uh, well, Mexican churches and Spanish churches are a little different than Gothic, but just that sense of the divine, that awesomeness. Yeah. Uh, in getting back to like why 
what was going on that Moses was gone so long were they just really enjoying each other as mm -hmm. <laughs> you know just we're going to get there yeah but it's not as if Moses said listen here's the deal I'm going up and I'm going to be back in <laughs> six days I mean there was no timeline we just know that it was kind of long and the kids were getting antsy but I, I mean, I, am I right? You didn't like overstay. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I would say Did you in. Say the, I'm going to be back in forty, 40 days. Oh. Forty days. Forty days. No, okay. I don't think he said no. But the text does. It's still a long time, and the text says, "Vayar ha'am." They knew it. Ki boshesh. He had delayed. Okay. Coming down the mountain. Okay. It sets it up that way. Because okay. you could say, hey, you know, it was a good time. Come on. I didn't tell you when I was coming home. So the 40-day story is, is Midrash? No, it's in there. Oh, it's in there. Okay. It's in there. Because the Right. These are, <laughs> these are episodes. But it was a long time. And uh, this is the chaos that you can return to. And that's over a month. 40 days is a oh, long no, time. Oh, no, I, yeah, I, I'm familiar with the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. Oh, you don't think, you don't think Moses had a flask right up? Okay. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Let's get to the text. So he makes the calf. And they, this is why it's so tricky, they, the children of Israel said, and I, you know, the translation says, quote, this is your God. Hebrew readers. These are your gods. So now, I'm a reconstructionist. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mary. Oh, well, I don't know if it goes... No, go ahead, go ahead. We'll take it back. I'll, I'll put a point. Yes. A component of our, especially when you're doing like a garden, is negative space. Absolutely. And negative space, I think, relates to the holy space where God can dwell. And one of the things, in addition to this being figurative, it had it was solid. Correct. It was solid. Molten. So, That's why I say molten. Right. Yeah. So there was no space even for God to enter. Which is why that those two kruvim that connect, that give the gestalt, that heart in the middle literally creates that space. I couldn't agree more. And horror vacui, when you have folk art or, you know, Henry Darger, everybody loves Darger. He's the, he, he did these amazing pictures. But there's no space. And that's of a frenetic mind. That, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And Ele, these are your gods. Now, I wanted to give a reconstructionist interpretation. If Elohim, I'm going to be radical here, so I'm saying that with a disclaimer. If Elohim could be judges, and there is a sense, and I have a deep belief that God wanted to empower us with divine wisdom and allow us to be in charge of our own divinity, that when he makes this little tchotchke, there's a reed to say, all right, you give me your gold, here's your tchotchke, and then they say to themselves, I get it. We're, Mom and Dad, they could come home, they could not come home. We're responsible for this. This is, all, this is up to us. These are our gods. One another. 
you understand? That's a different interpretation. So why does the transfer, translation say this is your God? Because you've got this tchotchke. If it's our gods. Yeah, Abarvanel asks the same question. It's in the plural. Why don't we say these? There aren't multiple golden calves unless each individual empowers themselves to say, I get it. He's too long. This is exactly what a teenager does. Okay, you broke your deal. I'm in charge of myself. Now I'm going to go raid the fridge and eat 16 candy bars. Uh, not candy bars. Uh, what are those ice creams? He, he eats them constantly. <laughs> I think there's an interesting thing here. They took the gold from the wives and whatever. They didn't take the gold from the Mishkan. Uh, so, so they had... That is true. That is true. As a backup. Uh, and you know, not just as a backup. I will, I, yes, let's double down on that. They still believe in God. They still believe in Moses. They still believe in the Torah. They just need something to help them go through. A pacifier. A pacif- I totally see it that way. A little help from my friends. Yes. The problem with that is the rest of the Go, go. Who brought you out... No, but you see. Your God is your then he built an altar before it and announced there's going to be a festival. Festival of? Of God. Aaron thinks that he's kind of circled the square here. He built a little object and he said, hey, you guys are empowered. Go. And you know what? It's all the same. Here's the altar. He didn't destroy. Because if they're like, okay, those guys, take your bed and, you know. But they, they didn't do that. And I will say that the object of the bull was just a way to let them blow off some steam. It's not going to be a big deal, God. You made us do these things before and you were late. They still have that. And you were late. And so, but... This is why, Mark, I really want you to hear the, the radical read that says, Vayomru, they said to themselves, these people before you are the real judges. That really, we did take ourselves out of Egypt. I mean, right. And let's party. Because we're in the desert. He's out there. And we got some time. And Aaron's like, well, no, this is totally Coachella. Well, not totally. And, and Burning Man. Yeah, Burning Man circa 1992. Okay? Let's just be fair. When I was a kid... No, that's too much. Anybody know Maybe Burning Man is now this kind of... Okay. And then they woke in the morning. And by the way, I don't take that lightly. They woke up the next day. No one died. So can you see Aaron? And this, I do have big love for him. He averted a crisis, in a sense, without God or Moses. So what now? Now i got to get nasty. What really pissed God off is that Aaron figured it out, that he was able to kind of muddle it through without them. Oh, my God, can you believe these kids? And that is really like, have you ever done that when you get home and your kids have made some horrible mess, but they made a little treat for themselves? And instead of being happy, you're so upset because they did it without you because you're feeling guilty that you didn't make. Okay, sorry, maybe I'm dealing too much personally. So let's get back to the text. Vayar Aaron, Vayiven Mizbech Lefanav. 
and he, he saw, and Aaron saw, and so he built this, and he said, Chag Ladonai Machar. And that's so brilliant. Moses does this all the time, and Aaron too, uh, in Numbers. Machar, Machar. There will be a party tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Why, Rita? Why tomorrow? Well, we got a delay. We're trying to like tomorrow. We'll do this huge thing. Who knows what's going to happen? Right. A little delayed gratification. Tomorrow's not today. Early the next day. But now, they got up early. They were psyched. They Remember, they just came out of their they're doers. They don't know. They're young. I feel for the children. You're hearing where I lean. I feel for Aaron. I feel for the kids. We're going to get to Moses and God. <laughs> and then they vayakumu. Now this is going to be. We're going to fight about this. I think vayakumu. And they got up. Notice back in the first line of uh, this text on page five hundred two, kum aselanu. It begins saying, Aaron, you get up and make for us this. But then they are the ones veyashkimu, and they get up and they alu olot. They bring offerings. They're doing their shlamim, well-being. And then what do they do? What's their worship? And this is important. What's their worship? Litzachek. They're playing, and they translate it as dancing, which I think is not exactly. That's right. Oh. Lirkod would be dancing. But what are they doing? This goes Amy has talked about Futzing the around uh, about the two boys who were that's correct. together who Yitzhak. were <coughs> and that's what freaks sexual they were dancing they were fooling around fooling around were they bringing these sacrifices to the to the um, the altar to pray to God or were they bringing sac- the the food and everything to the The answer is yes but weren't they meaning this is your God but I don't hear in this context I see Aaron is saying alright you need something that will go before you okay here's the tchotchke and now you know and now you see it but now let's just do what we always do which is celebrate God but what happened Instead of celebrating God, which uh, now I go back to the beginning of the Parsha, with clarity, with understanding, with <coughs> skill, with gravitas, kavod, anana kavod, the cloud of weight, of gravitas, they're effing around. And weren't they supposed to be worshiping God in the Mishka? You know what? Here. Not clear. See, Moses is up on place. The, but Moses is up on the mountain. What am I supposed to do? You told me when the cloud is there, yeah. I'm going to move away. But the cloud's up on the top of the mountain. They're having too good, too good of a time. They're envisioning this perfect reality. These are these utopians. And this is I t- t- talked about this with my son today. Davos. You know, everybody's planning the world in the future up in Switzerland and having these great meals and enjoying themselves. And like they're telling us what poverty is and what the solution is. You know what? It's a great weekend of skiing in Davos. You know, you're up on the mountain. What, what does that have to do with the guy on the street? And so like, I, I get that. And please, if you go to Davos, God bless. I hope you have great <laughs> lectures and it's interesting. But Litzachek. So fooling around, Litzachek is not just fooling around. And I, I want to say Litzachek is not Vayada'at. Just, just hear these terms. To know 
biblically means to not just be sexually together, but fuse this kind of real, uh, not carnal, as opposed to carnival. This is a carnival. Anybody know where carnival comes from? Leche and? It's a flushable. Yeah, but not just meat steak. That's right. But did you get that? You never said, oh, good, this is new Torah. This is carnival. This is a way, and that's why anybody, Mardi Gras? That's what happens. Fat Tuesday before. Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Before Ash Wednesday, before Lent, before you give it up. But what this is saying is, this is how we roll. We got a tchotchke, it's bling, we got my belt buckle, and I'm ready to rock. But fooling around is not engendering the next generation. It is not, and again, Shabbat, when you set it all up and then you give space, that's going to engender something really profound. Do I laugh during that? Yes. Do I take myself lightly? No. I take that very seriously. And so Aaron... You know, he's twisted. He's really in a tough spot. But they're not taking themselves seriously. So they get, and they got up to, to fool around. So lech. Do you remember this? Lech lecha back from Abraham. It's, a, what, it's called the ethical... I'm oh, sorry, the grammar is the ethical dative. Thou shalt. This is one of those. You must go down. They have based themselves. Uh, yeah, does it say debate? They've acted basely. Shichet is just, they've literally, they've stripped. Like a shochet. Like a, like a, they've totally stripped themselves. I love this too. That you took out of the land of Egypt. What's, what's ironic about it? Yeah. It's God who was supposed to bring them out of Egypt, and he's saying Moses Me? brought them out of Egypt. Not my people. This, I feel a lot of this. You know what this is? Not it. Not it. At least Aaron... Hey, I can't speak for it. I don't know. You guys do what you need to do. I mean, there's a sense of ownership. This means not it in current parlance. Yeah. Saru. Maher min. Now, they've been quick to turn aside from the way. God says this. What, what would Aaron say in contrast if we're going to defend Aaron and the children of Israel? Quick. Quick. You said 8 o'clock. It's been 40 days. Quick. Asher tzivitim asu lehem egel masecha vayishtachavu lo vayizbuchu lo vayomru eile elohecha Yisraele asher elucha meretz Mitzrayim God takes the quote but in God's incensed anger misses the subtle misdirection that Aaron did. And I'm saying this with a huge grain of kosher salt. This is the object. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the right... This is what they did. That this is their God. But that molten calf represented the Aleph of God. That bull, according to Aaron. And so the, and the worshiping and the offering was, in a sense, a perverted form of God. Not okay. 
but was not supposed to distance them from God, but it did. Yes, Mary. And, and because they're human beings, the build-up of tension, the build-up of fear, was released in very human ways. Absolutely. You know, not in the ways of aesthetics, I look at the mud of Woodstock and I ask myself the same question. You know, these there was so much going on culturally, politically. It wasn't, you know, buttoned up. But that was so, so frustrating to God. So look, I've seen. This is just not. I think this could also be a test. Moses, I've seen. This is a stiff-necked people. Now we say this kishinu oref for being stiff-necked. What is it about being stiff-necked? Stubborn. 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 There's also Grishanides <coughs> who says, by the way, being stiff-necked is a wonderful thing. You can be straight. You are. You are. So he also says stiff-necked is not so bad. You can't turn left or right. You can't see what's in front of you. So this stubbornness is also a lack of vision, and you don't know. You can't see what the next chapter is. So. I see, they're stiff-necked. Vayata, hanichali. But you, hanichali. And now, make it nice for me so that I can, hanichali, I'll be so much happier if I can v'yecharapi, just use my flaming nostrils on them, v'consume them, and I will consume them, and I will make you into this great nation. Yeah, if you destroy them, who do you have as your great nation? Moses. Moses. Well, you need a woman. <laughs> some kind of a nation. Uh, I know another religion it would say, I don't know. <laughs> it's God. God's not talking rationally right now. I'm so angry. Oh, these kids, these students, and you're like, I need a new class. Oh, really? You think that next group is going to be something? <laughs> and notice God has distanced God's self from the project that they had just finished, taking them out of Egypt, these people that you took out, Moses. And here, and this, this if you come tomorrow to the, to the afternoon drush, she really did say a wonderful thing, which is, each, this is uh, Ivy Buxbaum, she's 13, and she says, look, everyone deserves to lose it. Just we can't all lose it together. <laughs> and this is this wonderful moment, you know, the children of Israel lose it, and Aaron holds it together. And then Aaron clearly lost it a little bit by doing this, and the children all came together. And then God lost it, and now you're going to see Moses coming together. And this is really where I think Moses comes into his heroic leadership. Not his intrepid character, not his fighting of Pharaoh, because all that was done with magic tricks. Well, I, mean, I have an interpretation for that too. So that comes too, because he loses it just as soon as it's over. Which, gosh, I mean, have you never been in a meeting? You're so disciplined, you're so right, you do everything right, and then you, you go into the next smaller meeting of your other superiors, and then all of a sudden you're like... <laughs> I mean, this is so human and so divine. And, and, what it, and I, it gives me great permission and strength to say, this divinity is, is, je- is 
Ah, jealous is the tough word. Kinah. I want so much. I want so much from this world. And when I don't have, an, when it's not coming that way, I want to just either destroy it all or create a new thing and control all, delete the whole thing. So let's get back to the text. Vayachal Moshe. And he, Vayachal is more than implore. He really consoles. Et pene Adonai. This face of God. And there I can say this isn't God. This is just an aspect of God. What does it say here? Oh, his God Adonai. See? Et pene Adonai. The face of God Elohav. The one that is his divine being. Vayomer, lama Adonai Why would you be so angry? Asher that you took out from Eretz Mitzrayim, Bikach Gadol, with such great strength and such a forceful hand. Lama Yomru Mitzrayim. Why would you let these Egyptians say? And this is so, so cunning of Moses to be like, well, you know, if I give you a one star on Yelp babysitter, do you really want that? I mean, it's so going outside of this, this triangle to look at the Egyptians. This is what you do? It was with evil intent you delivered them. You were going to kill them off in the mountains. You totally smoked them in the face of the earth. So, so, turn from your anger. And how do you do this? Shuv mecharon apecha. And this is a verse that we say, Bert, in every fast day. This is, we repeat this Torah portion because in this deep reflection, we can become passionate and angry. Shuv. And what's the word shuv? What word is in there? Tshuva. Return. Moses is begging God to make tshuva from, his, from God's own anger. And these are the moments. So it's like, he had this blissed out moment, but the honeymoon is only as good. I mean, I've said this a couple of times. That's as only as good as you are at your worst. Take that rage within you and comfort yourself to this people. Renounce it. Hinachem, nachum. Comfort yourself on all of this bad of this people. Then the only way he can do it is Zachor Avraham Yitzchak Israel. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Notice he uses the different name, Avadecha, your servants. But he's using the same slave language, Asher Nishpata Lahem. You promised them that Bacha in you to Alechem. I will multiply your, I'm on page 504, I will multiply your seed, meaning not Moses' seed. That's not the story. Like the stars of the heavens. And all of this land that I have said I will give to your children, they will possess. He pulled the aperture wide. You know, it's so amazing, this contrast between the small object that people are gathering and fooling around, that the only way to get God to not direct that, that laser beam-like anger was to pull back, look into the heavens, 
and try to comfort him with history and with memory of the ancestors that are still very present in this will. That's a God of history. And that's why when we talk about God as a God of history, this was not a petty play. This was a deep, deep compassion move on Moses's part. Yes. This reminds me. Oh, Mary and then Bert. Thank you. illumination of God makes him very human. And if God is very human, it's more understandable that we are divine. Yes. Because of the similarity of emotion. So it's like a, a bridge back and forth. Absolutely. A ladder, so to speak. A ladder, yes. And in our, yes, that's exactly right. And not only in our quiescent, calm, God is a passionate God. And if we can't read that in a sense of that, sometimes that passion can be tremendous. And this is why that 10th plague, I don't want God to just be uh, kind and good. But that tenth plague, uh, we taught, we learned this a couple of weeks ago. That it was really Moses, his rage, his rage and anger, and face to face. We have that tremendous potential that is also divine. But we better be very clear with our authority. Which these kids are just fooling around. It's like you know, this is the same party. Look, they were stuck in the basement. I let them knock themselves out. They all passed out. Yeah, one kid threw up. But look. They didn't hurt themselves. And, you know, that anger that blazes forth. And now we turn. So he does this. Vayifen. And Adonai v'yenachem Adonai al asher la'asot le'amo. That's the narrative. That's the narrator. God threatened. That's pretty nasty. God threatened to do this, but he was comforted from the evil that he spoke to do to Amo. It says his people or God's people, which means there's no more of this. We know we're all in this together. Vaifen, and I love this, that Panai, you know, remember we had the face of God, and then Vaifen also means to turn. There's the, what is it, the distal, like the Janus. There's the, the distal face. But it's not two-faced. It is and it's not. I know. It's this. We have this. We have this light and dark. So then he turns. And then he goes from the har. And the two luchot, uh, these two tablets that are in his hands. Why is this so important? So if you can imagine the stones... And that Moses and God, where do they get to connect? Through these luchot. This is why they're written on both sides. Not that it's script, script, but that they were actually cut in size. I saw this so beautiful. Gershonides, a 10th century African. He's talking about sculpture. And he says, they're so incredible, these Ten Commandments that are inscribed, that you can read them both ways. And that the mem, the mem sofit, which is obviously a square if you look at it, it literally is suspended in air that the light shines through. But now you can see, and this is a beautiful metaphor, and you can use it for art, that 
how do I see God is when I look at those commandments and I see through, I literally see the divine radiance through them. So it's not something that is opaque to me. It's something that I literally can read through these commandments, the divine presence, through this cleft. But he's holding them, remember, this was written in the finger of God, so God can just... So they're almost laser cut, and it's incredible. You guys love laser cut now, the way that they can do this with 3D? It's amazing. But this is something that's just clearly uh, a mem just hovering in itself. Yeah? Well, like two things. First, this reminds me of Abraham arguing with God over uh, Sodom. And, and what's Gomorrah. the difference? Although and what's the difference? The di- well, the difference is in that case, God is arguing. Abraham is arguing and saying, you're a just God, so you can't do this. Here, Moses is saying, well, what will the Egyptians think? And, but, and also, what's the outcome? What was the outcome for Abraham? He lost. He lost, Abraham, he lost but he could argue. The, the other point... Yeah, he argued, right. I, but he lost. But this, I, I, that's a different chapter. We can argue that. This, the, the other thing that really strikes... And Sodom wasn't his people. This is not an unchanging, inflexible God here. This is not the yes. later Platonic yes. idea of totally perfect, never-changing, all-powerful. I mean, God, in this story, God changes his mind. And I hear, have heard arguments. Rabbi Brad Artson Absolutely. argues, ar- argues that the real, right, that, that, that the, tra- the original Jewish God is this God and not the platonic God, which was this idea that now is in Christianity, God is perfect, we can't have anything to do with it. This is a lot more of an interactive God, where our our role is interacting with God as opposed to just blindly receiving the judgments of God. But that's what Israel means, right? Struggle. Struggle with God. God. Right, right. They're all beautiful Torah. Va'yifen v'yered it they were in him. Luchot ktuvim. They were written from this and this side, and the te- uh, they were God's work. The writing was God's writing. Why is that so important to say that? That yes. I, well, I think that the people needed to really feel that there was a relationship with them, and God, and they saw it through the Bible. Well, that's the irony. They didn't ever see these luchot. That when you try to create, and this could be back to your platonic ideal, when you try to create this perfect law that is only with God, written in the hand of God, once it comes into contact with humanity and the realities of the situation, it, it falls apart, literally. And so, Mark, I, I'm going to challenge. So, he was, when Joshua heard the sound of the people, uh, he said to Moses, there's a cry of war in the camp. But no. He answered Moses, it's not the sound of triumph and it's not the sound of defeat. It's just the sound of sound. We, I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. As soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, he was enraged and he hurled the tablets from his hands and I'm going to, I'm going to change that. Vayishaber otam tachatahar. And he broke them uh, at the foot of this mountain. So the Midrash that I want to follow, Mark, here, is that when he saw this heavy thing of these children who have totally 
abandoned, he felt abandoned in that moment. The Midrash says he was able to hold this law for them as long as he knew that they were with him. The minute they weren't with him, he couldn't hold those laws. So he didn't smash the tablets. He just simply couldn't hold them anymore. You know, it's like you're working so hard in a, you're working so hard in a, a job or a relationship, and when you don't feel that sense, you can't hold it anymore. And you can hold tremendous amounts when you know that people are supporting you and you feel it. So I want to just take it. So that's, for me, Moses is just defeat. He's broken. And so his anger, in, in, including he just, he got the wrath of God. And now he has to go and somehow deal with this. But tell me what Moses' response, uh, and I really want to be open about, oh, God. Sound, it is the sound, and it's a sound of song, but just like dance and song, if you read the Hebrew, it says, Ein kol anot kvura. It's not the voice of songs of celebration or the songs of weakness. It's simply, Kol anot anochi shomea. See, it is the sound of song. Bad translation. I'm going to end here. What's the first word of the Ten Commandments? Anochi. So when Joshua, the young one, says, Oh my God, it's war. Oh my God, battle. You know what Moses says to him? You know what? It's not battle and it's not war. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like Anochi. Sounds like the I that I know. They're effed up. They're not doing it right. They're in the wrong place. But that's the, I know what they're doing. I know what this is about. And he's, and he's totally distraught, and he's destroyed at it. But he gets it right there. They're just being children. So I have tremendous compassion for Moses, for Aaron, for God and the children of Israel. What a pleasure to do this. Uh, I, we didn't get to this last part. Yes, please. Uh, as Jews, we're, we're told to fix what's broken, fix what's broken. And here, yes. Uh, broke what was fixed, the perfect tablets of God's plan. Yeah. Because the conditions weren't right. So sometimes you have to break what's And my mom would say, the new one? Eh, it's not nearly as good as something secondhand because you could see the love in it. Okay, that's another story, but this is the second tablet that is Face the Rock. I, I, I really believe this. I haven't seen this in Midrash. But remember, he says, I want to see you now. I want to have this divine moment. And you know what? That time has passed. Moses is now fused with his family again, and God is kind of like, I was your lover for that moment. But here's what I'm going to do. Do you remember this? You go put yourself in the rock, in the cleft of the rock, and I'll pass my presence before you. Highly erotic. But now I have, where did the second Luchot come from? From this cleft in the rock, that's where I get the tablets. That the second tablets are simply this face that I can no longer, I know, that came a couple years ago. That that's what it is. And that's what the Torah is, and that's my relationship with people. I don't get to see the face. I don't have the answer, but I have the hint. And that hint, that shadow, that Betzel El in the shadow of the divine helps me go back and build and construct with thoughtfulness and kindness and most of all, with rest.